This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Right now, we are just doing the best that we can with uh, our unit. It's just kind of gone out with some different things, and so I apologize. It'll be a few more weeks where they have to order this part, these, uh, the whole thing to come in. So we're going to get a brand new air conditioning system. We're really excited about that, but it's going to take a little bit, so just bear with us for a little bit on those things. We try to get it going as much as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so also, if you're in the back, we're going to keep those fans going because that air conditioner out in the hallway is working, so we're trying to blow that in. So if it gets too loud back there, I encourage you to scoop forward. Come join me up here in the front. That would be great. So, all right, uh, now we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. If you need a seed envelope for cash giving, uh, you can lift your hand up and the ushers will serve you with that. If you're giving with a check, you shouldn't need a seed envelope. You can make it out to Faith Christian Family Church or FCFC, and we'll get those things there. So, um, I do want, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 8. I do also want to say that if you didn't get a chance to give or didn't come prepared today, you can also give online. If you'll go to our website at faithchurchlubbock.com, you can give through PayPal, and uh, you can do that online. There's some people that give every, uh, every week online and doing those things. So uh, it's a great way to stay connected, and you get that first fruit in right away. So uh, that is another opportunity to give. Um, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says this. It says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. You know, I think we're experiencing that summer heat very rapidly. And, uh, you know, we experience those things. And six months from now, we're going to be talking about how cold it is outside. We're going to be dealing with that cold, that winter. And, you know, every summer, every winter, we go through these same things. And the same thing happens in the spring. We have a seed time and we have a harvest time. And the Bible says that those will never cease, that they will continue throughout, that when you sow a seed, you're going to reap a harvest. The thing is, is it's that waiting time in between. So when you sow the seed today, there's a harvest that's coming. You just got to sit and wait and be faithful and watch what God is going to do. If you want to talk to people about what that means, you can come talk to me. You can talk to multiple people in this church that looking at their background, they should not be blessed the way they are. But looking at them today, they could turn to one thing and say, it's because I honored God. And you'll continue to see this. Seed time and harvest time will never cease. So if you have your tithes and offerings, let's go ahead and grab that. Let's pray for them. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, Father, that in faith we're making moves. And so, Lord, I thank you that we are people of faith, that we trust you. And, Father, that's not by what we see, but it's by what we believe. And so, Father, we're believing for this incredible harvest. And so, Father, I thank you that that blessing is coming. But, Father, it starts with the obedience today. And so, Father, help us to be obedient today to experience your blessing tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, The ushers are going to be receiving those. And then uh, here in just a minute, they are going to come back down. If you need a Bible, um, they'll be able to get you one of those. If you'll just kind of keep an eye on them, they'll be coming back down. Um, Can you fix me a little bit? I feel like I'm yelling at people, and I don't like yelling. But um, I do want to say this. Pastor Stormy and Shelly are on their way. Actually, they're in Colorado now. Um, they got there. It's, uh, our youth is on a desperation. Uh, they're up there at desperation, which is an incredible conference. It'll be, uh, it starts tonight, and it'll go all the way through Saturday. And it's just going to be an amazing time up there. And so we're excited about that. And so I have an opportunity to be in here with you guys tonight, so I'm excited about that. But I would ask this, that if 
this time uh, during this week, if you have time, if you would, take a moment and pray for them. Pray that God would open the teenagers' hearts. There's a lot of teenagers that are going through a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff that is happening to them. I do not envy teenagers and what they have to go through today. It is very hard to be a Christian in today's world. It was hard in our time, but it's getting worse and worse every day. And so if you would... Just pray for them. Pray that God opens their heart, that they get touched, that prayers get answered, that, that uh, time is, is there, that they get to seek God, and they get just absolutely blown away by how amazing God truly is. And so I would encourage you to pray for that. Pray for our leaders, that they would have words to speak, and just a great time up there. So if you would do that, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, tonight we're going to talk about passion on purpose, having passion on purpose. And, and, you know, a lot of times in life we, we deal with these things. And uh, passion is one of those words that if I say it, you may think of something. Um, it may be a book you read. It may be a song. It may be um, a conference. It may be um, a football game. It may be something that you see. When I say that word, it paints a picture in your mind. And I, and I want to talk about this because I don't, I don't think that we as Christians sometimes live out a passionate life for God. And I want to explain that, and then I want to go and answer some questions on how we do that. And so uh, tonight I want, to live, I want to talk about living passionate on purpose. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, go to John 10.10. We're going to start right there, John 10.10. And while you're doing that, I would love to pray one more time. If you would, uh, once you get there, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray. Father, once again we so humbly come to you, and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. And Father, I thank you that... By faith we move. And Lord, that your word teaches us what faith is all about. And so, Father, I pray and ask that by faith that your word would open up to us tonight, Father. That we would be affected and changed. That from the inside out, something would happen. And something would be birthed on the inside of us today. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us to to answer questions that we've been wondering and things that that maybe we're not sure about father you would be able to speak to us tonight and so father we humbly come to you tonight i ask that you would help me to speak this message through your holy spirit giving me thoughts and ideas and father most of all helping me to speak it in a simple manner so that we can understand and hear and so father i thank you for open hearts and ears in this place in jesus name amen amen you know before i get there i as I was praying, these thoughts were crossing my mind. You know, one of the greatest things about God is that he's just like you and I. And I want you to understand this because the Bible says that his ways are higher and greater than ours. So really, he doesn't act like us, but he is just like us. And what I mean by that is that when we talk to God, it should be like this. I remember I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he was sharing a, a, a time... And he said he had come in and he was, he was praying and, you know, he's really wanting to be holy and say the right things. And, and I remember being in that, that boat wanting to say the right things. And, God, can I, you know, teach me to pray the way that, you know, Billy Graham prays or the way that the pastor prays because it sounds so elegant. And he, he came in this one time and this, this girl was in there. And he, she was just having a conversation with God. It was, God, I'm, I'm really having a tough time with this person in my life. They're not being, they're no fun. They make fun of me. They do this. They do that. God, I, I really have a tough time right now. And, and I really need your help. And I remember he was sitting there and he said, 
when, when they were doing this, when he overheard this person praying like this, he looked at them and said, God, man, that, that's, that's, that's not really prayer, is it? And God really convicted his heart and said, that's my daughter talking to their dad. And that's what it comes back down to. Prayer should not just be this time where we close our eyes, get on our knees and do this. That's a great opportunity to do that. When you have the time to do it, do it. But that's on Sunday mornings when you're coming to church and your best friend cuts you off. And they, you know, you know, real happy to see you and those things. And you want to tell them how happy you are to see them too. But that's when you say, God, help me. Because I want to ram them right in the back and say, hey, you ran me over. You did this or you do that. And we want to do those things. And you know what? God wants to know about those things. Not to vent, but to talk it out, because then you allow God to come in. The Bible says that he's a gentleman, and that he won't force his way into anybody's life. That he sits there knocking on the door, waiting for us to open it. And I think that's what God wants for us tonight. This passion only comes through God. You know, I started thinking about the names of God, or the way, how do we describe God? And I think if I went around and I had every person in this room give one word, a totally different word for every person about who God is to you. It could be a love, Father, God, Lord, you know, whatever those are. And we could go all the way around and every one of those answers would be right. Because God is every possible word and words that we don't even know to describe him. God is so amazing. And that's the thing that I want to talk about is that when we live this life, it should be exuding out of us. We should just be overflowing. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I used to have this toy. And, and you would put this slime in this bucket. And what you would do is you'd push this thing down. And you'd play a game, and the, and the person that lost had to push it. And eventually, if you push it so hard, it would explode out. And it would just ooze over the sides. And that's sometimes what it seems, is that when God is inside of us so much, it just kind of comes out. And it's not that we throw it up on people, it's that it just covers them. And that people are going, what is it with you? And you're going, I don't know, do, do I have a stain? Do I smell? What, you know? And they're like, no, 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 something's different about you. And you just say, I, I went to church today. I read my Bible. I, oh, man, I spent some time with God today. You should have been. It was amazing. I was talking to God. You talk to God? Yeah, I talked to God. That's my dad. That's my dad. I talk, to my, I talk to God. I spend time with him. I do all these things. That's how we should be passionate about God. That it should just flow out of us everywhere we go. That we don't try to force answers. That answers flow. A lot of times in life we try to force things instead of just letting it come. Just trusting that God is doing something on the inside of us. So that every morning, when I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I open up my Bible, and I spend a little time with God before I go out, and, and I fix, and I work on my physical body, when I do those things, that those times, early in the morning, that's doing something on the inside. That it may not come out for years, but all of a sudden I may be talking to somebody, and that scripture that I read just comes out. And as I'm talking to them, I'm going, I didn't even know I knew that scripture. I didn't even know that. And then I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I need to go check that, make sure I got that scripture right. I'm going through all those things. And sure enough, every time when God does that, sure enough, it's the right scripture. And you're going, wow. I mean, that's my God. That's what God does. He just opens us up. And I think about these things, and I think how amazing God is. I used to think this way. And I'll get to this here in a minute, I think. I used to think about this, and I used to think that God, here he is. He has to deal with 
however many people, 7 billion people in the world. I don't know what the actual number is anymore. Um, but it, if there's over 7 billion people in this world, that God knows each and every one of them. The Bible says that he knows the very hairs that are on our head. And I used to think, how would God know me? I get it. God knows the people in Africa that are starving. He cares for them. But I'm not starving. I'm not going through some of these things. And not only that, God, I did this last week. And I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And I know that I had these thoughts. And I know I did these things. And I know you were there with me, and you watched me do those things. And I used to think about this. And every time God would say, yeah, I was. But you're still my son. And I used to think, how can he look at me as his son when he's got all these people to deal with? That's how amazing God is. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he's here. That's how we learn to serve God. It's by being taught by him. Everything that we've learned is by watching and learning from other people. Well, it's the same thing through God. This passion should exude out of us. It should just be something that just flows out of us in everything that we do. John 10.10. Now we'll get to it. (laughs) John 10.10 says this. Let me get to it real quick. It says, The thief comes to kill only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life that you may have life and have it to the full. Pastor Stormy's been doing a series on life. I got an opportunity to speak one time also on this. And... I think about this, and I think about when I talk about life, passion should be involved with life. We should have passion in the things that we do. We should have passion in everything, because that's the way that God created us. The Bible says that we should have fruit that we should produce off of us, that that people should be able to see those things inside of us. Well, it's the same thing. That comes when we live life. The Bible says the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy, which means he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's dreams. That's passion. That's a good day. That's anything that can destroy and mess up your life. That moment, that day. That may be as simply as having bad news come into your world. That may be a person who's just in a bad mood that day that comes and just gets mad at you. There could be anything that happens. That's his goal. But our passion should overcome what the enemy's trying to do. Because God says this, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. The fullest. The passionate fullest that we can possibly be. That's how God created us. A full life has so many examples. I think that if you look at people and you think, man, now that guy has it. That lady, man, she's got it together. They've got it together because they know the one who created life. The one who created life is the one who created passion. That's how we find the passion is through God. But if we don't seek God every day, guess what? We're going to try to create passion on our own. Do you know we cannot really create anything? All we can do is use what God has already created. There is nothing out there that we are creating on our own. Everything that we create or, you know, in quotes, create, God's already done it. When my wife, she's an incredible cook, when she puts together a cake, she creates this cake. Well, she didn't create the flour. She didn't create the baking soda. She didn't create the sugar. She didn't create any of the stuff that goes in it. She just uses what God has already created. And so here we are. We try to create passion in our life. How quickly does that fade? If you've ever been in a bad relationship, maybe you chose somebody based on looks. You were passionate about the way they looked. That goes away pretty quickly. That's only a few days. Maybe it's a vacation that you were so passionate about. 
but that's very quickly it disappears. The thing about God is that when he creates passion inside of you, it doesn't ever stop. I'm skipping around in my message, but I want to get this point across because I want to drive this home. The coolest thing about God is that every time you find a new corner, that you're going somewhere new, you're going to see something totally different about God that you've never seen before. It's like looking at the profile. Okay, you see the side of me. Some of you guys see a little bit more of the front, but most everybody sees the side of me. Well, when I turn this way, oh man, now you get to see totally different stuff. And then when I turn this way, it's all new. Well, it's the same thing with God. Every time you open a new page with God, it is something you've never seen before. We will never in our entire life truly know everything about God. In the entire existence of the human race, nobody's ever known everything about God. There's still so much more out there. So many more things that God wants to show us. We just have to go seek Him in order for us to be revealed of what He has. That's what God truly wants for us. You know, when I, when I think about the word passion, sometimes uh, one of the great examples is in football games. There's a lot of football fans in here. If I said, you know, the Cowboys, and are they going to win this year, and we're going to do this, everybody knows it's not going to happen. So that's okay. We're, we're good with that. But if I make jokes about that, people get excited about it because there's either you're passionate about the Cowboys or you're passionate against the Cowboys. You know, it's one or the other. I get that. I'm passionate against. So we go these things. We can become passionate about these things. Football season lasts about seven months. In most households, it lasts 12 months. You may be in that household. We talk about football. We do these things. And that's okay. I'm not here to bash and say, oh, you know, football's bad. No. Because God created football. That is a good thing. That's a fun thing. As long as it doesn't take the place of God. God says, let me show you what passion is about. And then let me show you how fun life can be when you do it with me. Because that's when he said, live life to the fullest. And experiencing and trusting what God has is so amazing. You know, one of the neat things about it is when you become passionate about something, you become contagious. You people just want to be around you. It, it's like when I was younger, I used to work for a, a thing that was called Country Jam. And, and what they would do is it was a four-day festival of just country music. And uh, they would have some different bands. But I used to go and I would build the stage. And I would go out two days before and I would build this entire thing in the heat. Uh, it was just, it was awful. But, there, but my leader, my, my boss guy, he was so passionate about it. We would go, and we'd be out there, and I'd be sweating. It'd be 100 degrees outside. And we'd be out, and we're on the cement pad that's about this tall, and we're trying to build things, and we're working and doing this stuff. And whenever I would get tired, I'd finish my stuff, and I'd go over, and I'd say, man, I'm, okay, what do you need me to do next? He would be so, oh, man, you did such an incredible job. You were the best. Oh, man, I've never seen anybody do something like that. You, oh, can you do this for me? I need somebody to go pick up that bottle. And I'm going, sweet, I, I will show you how to pick up a bottle. I'm going to run up. And they would just re-energize me because he was passionate about what he did. He was passionate about people and passionate about doing the right thing. It became contagious that I would have done anything for him. And there's a lot of people in this world that are passionate. But there's a lot of people in this world that are very unpassionate about anything. Monday morning we wake up, it's like the worst thing in the world. No, we should be excited about it because you know what? It's another day we get to experience God. Tuesday morning, oh man, I got four more days before the weekend? No, I got another day to spend with God. Watch what we get to do today. 
Yeah, but you don't get it. Every day at work, all I do is I walk in and I push this button. Then I have to wait two minutes and I push the button. Guess what? Have fun in between those two minutes and see what God can do. God, how can we push it today? Can I knee it? Can I drop kick it? Can I do something? You know, have fun about it. Figure something out. There is something every single day that we can find this passion about. And this is the way that God created it. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Back to your left just a little bit. Mark chapter 11. And I want you to listen to this because this is Jesus speaking here. Passion becomes contagious. And this is something that we need to do every single day. Mark chapter 11, verse 30 is what we're going to read here. Let's start in verse, uh, let's go, verse 27. Let's go back. I'm going to go for they arrived. They arrived again in Jerusalem. And while Jesus was talking on the temple courts, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders came to him and said, By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you the authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me this, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. John's baptism was from heaven, or was it from men? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves, and they said, If we say from heaven, he will, he will ask, then why didn't you believe me? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for everyone held for John was really a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Listen, here's what it's coming back down to. No matter the situation that you get caught in, look at how Jesus was taught, was treated in this situation. Jesus was a very passionate man about his father. There was nothing more or or greater to him than to get up in the morning and serve God. That's what he wanted to do. He became passionate about it. No matter the situation... Whatever was going on in their lives, it was right there. Jesus simply came back with an answer that says, what's the question? What's the choice here? We've got to follow God. We've got to simply trust in what God is doing. And so Jesus shows us that passion can be found in the darkest times. Jesus shows us that no matter what, we don't have to get angry because somebody's trying to trap us in something. He shows us simply that this is the way things can be, and that's okay. To trust in him. If you're taking notes, the first thing I said here was this, is that we all have passion in our lives. We just need to learn to show it in our own way. You know, in every, every person in this room, uh, there's a different personality. And those personalities create who you are. And I want you to understand this, because sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, that's passion right there. That's the way that I need to act. The problem is, that's not who I am. My wife... She's an incredible person. But we are not the same. My wife, if she was up here, I mean, she'd be jumping up and down and excited and woo, doing this stuff. Me? No, I'm more here. She's here, I'm here. And I do these things. And if I tried to act like her, it would come across very fake. My passion would be trying to create something that I am not. And that's what I want you to understand, is that you don't have to be the raw, raw person, because that may not be your personality. If that's your personality, my wife is very passionate about what she does. She's very passionate about these things. But I'm passionate in a different way. And that's the, way, that's the thing I want you to understand, is that Jesus, every time, wasn't, hey, this is the way you need to act. You need to go step out and do these things. There were 12 disciples, but we only hear from very few of them, because they're personality types. They were still very respected. They were all disciples. Jesus handpicked them. And so the thing I want you to understand is that your passion 
can only be shown through your way. It's about allowing God to show you how to be passionate. Because being passionate doesn't mean you have to be a cheerleader. Being passionate doesn't mean you have to take your shirt off and paint a big J on your chest and come to church and say, I'm passionate about Jesus. No, that's not what I'm talking You know, What I'm talking about is just finding what God created inside of you. That passion and the dream and let it flow from the inside out. God creates something incredible. You know, in the Bible, there was a simple question that was asked to Jesus. He said, they said, Jesus, what are, what are the greatest commandments? What are the greatest commandments? Out of the Ten Commandments, what are the greatest ones, the ones that we should focus on and follow? And he said, number one is this, that you should love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Out of the message version, it says that you should love the Lord God with all your passion. It uses the word passion right there. And I want you to understand this because when you love God with all of your passion, that doesn't mean we skip spending time with them. I love my kids. When my kids are gone or I'm gone from my kids, it's kind of tough. I, I miss those times with them. Maybe a day or two is okay. But after that, you're going, I kind of miss them. I miss being around them. For those of you that have kids that are going to desperation, you're probably okay right now. Tomorrow, maybe a little bit harder, and the next day, eh, you're going to be ready for them to come back home. And I remember going through this a lot, but I'm passionate about my kids, and I want to spend time with them. I love sitting down to dinner with my family, having the TV off, putting the cell phones by the side, and simply asking, what did you do today? Tell me what was fun today. Tonight at dinner, we talked about baseball. My son had practice last night. We talked about that. We talked about a camp that they went to today. And then we talked about our favorite P.E. sport that we ever did, our favorite P.E. games that we ever played. And we had fun doing it. We talked about it and explained it and did those things. Guess what? I found out things about my kids that I didn't know. That's when you become passionate about them. That's making a choice to say, I don't want to be passionate about the 5 o'clock news. I don't want to be passionate about the, you know, reruns of Seinfeld that are on. I don't want to be passionate about all those things. I want to be passionate about the people who are in my life right now. Most importantly, I want to be passionate about God. We choose to shut everything off and sacrifice so that we can be together at 5 o'clock or 5.30 to sit down and eat. We do those things on purpose. And we do it together. Generally, every single night, we will sit down together as a family. We do that on purpose. That's, a, that's something we set aside to do. And that's what I want you to understand. You have to do that same thing with God. Otherwise, the passion that you're going to be seeking in your life is going to be from the enemy. And the thing about the enemy, every time he puts something in your life, it goes away like that. It's a picture and then it's gone. It's something you think is good, then it's gone. God is looking for something different. I'm getting, I'm getting back on time, so I need to get, get to this next one because this is the key part right here. Turn to Zechariah chapter 3. If you're not sure where that's at, go to the book of Matthew. Go back to the left. You're going to hit Malachi, and then Zechariah is the very next, next one. Or if you're new to the notes, you can put your little tab in there. So I always tell this on Emerge. So my, mine's on page 1530, if that helps anybody. So... Um, Number two, if you're taking notes, was this. No matter where you come from, God can show his passion through you. No matter where you come from. 
Zechariah chapter 3. This is such a cool, cool little book right here. If you haven't read the book of Zechariah, which if, if you're like in anything like me, a lot of those small books right there at the end of the Old Testament, I just kind of go right to Matthew, and then I start there, and I get going and do those things. So it's very hard to go through some of those. But I've made a point of going back through a lot of those because there's great nuggets in there. There's great things that God's doing. And so Zechariah chapter 3, it says this. It said, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Now, let me explain who Joshua is. Joshua's the high priest. Now, if you're to think about the most holy, God-fearing, God-loving person in your life right now, somebody you know. Now, some of you may think of, oh, Billy Graham, Joel Osteen, somebody like that. No, no, no. You don't really know those people unless you're, you know, maybe one person in here may know them. No, I'm talking about somebody in your life that you know. That if we were to go down the street walking together and they saw you, they'd go, oh, hey, Jim, or hey, Bob, you know, hey, Jane, you know, these things. Think about that person. Now, you've got that person in your mind, that holy person, that godly person. Okay. They don't even compare to Joshua. This guy was, if there was a scale of 1 to 10, he would be an 11. I mean, he was top dog. He loved God. You know, there's only two people that have not died, that went and got, went to heaven, Enoch and Elijah. These are the only two guys that served God so much here on earth that God said, come to heaven. There's only two people. Well, Joshua is right there, number three probably. He's really close. And so I want you to understand this because he is very, very holy, very reverent. You know, we, we, we recognize the great gift that God has placed inside of him. Okay, so now you've got that in your mind. Listen to what's going on right here. He said, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. Listen, even the most holy religious people mess up. Catch that. Everybody messes up. Okay? You're not the only one. You're not the only person that's in this room that's ever messed up. Everybody messes up. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke you. It is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes. Now what that represents right there is those clothes represent Joshua's life. That if he was to stand next to me, mine would look like I rolled in the mud and he had just bleached his. He was so righteous with God. He was so right standing with God. But it says this, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Listen, when we compare ourselves to God, when we look at Jesus and we say, well, how can he love me because of what I've done? How can I be passionate? How can God be passionate about me when I've done this, this, and this? Naming all these mess ups that we've ever done. Listen, even the most holy people in this world, most righteous, right standing with God, the ones who truly love, that person you thought, when they stand next to God, that filth is going to just show through. Those things and those mess-ups are going to come through. God didn't create us to be perfect. God created us to be ourselves. And then he said, let's take that and let's see what we can do with it. God said, I'm the clay, or we're the clay that he's the potter. 
and that he's here to mold this into this person. We learn to become passionate by trusting what God's doing. I'll share one last thing, and then I'm going to close with one more scripture. You know, when I was, uh, one time I had to go pick up my son from a birthday party, and they had the black lights in there, and so, you know, when you walk into the black lights, the kids love them. You know, they got these cool shoes, you know, the bright yellow stuff, and it's just like popping everywhere. Well, the thing about black lights, I don't know if you know this, but it shows stains on your shirt that you didn't know you had. So, I remember walking in, and I was going in to see, uh, to pick up my son, and he wasn't done yet. So I was walking around, I was just open like this, walking and doing this stuff. And I remember I was, I was walking around, I was kind of following my son, and he turned around and goes, Hey, what's up on your shirt? And I was like, oh, I don't know, just a picture? He goes, well, why is that a big circle? I was like, what are you talking, oh my God, I mean, a giant just thing, it looked like somebody just went, with coke and just threw it all over me. I mean, it was just, every, I was like, whoa, what is, you know. And so I'm going around, and in this black light, it was like somebody put a spotlight on it. It was just following me around everywhere I went. And so I'm walking around going, okay, you know, I, you know I'm trying to cover myself up and walk around like this. People are like, what is wrong with that guy? You know, here I am, I'm trying to cover this up because I feel so weird walking around with this big stain how do i walk out of the house with a big stain on my shirt i go back in the normal light you can't even see it i go in here and it's like you know hey here we go and it's got this big thing and i'm walking around going through all this stuff and i'm doing everything i can to hide it i remember going to the wall and i was kind of standing over there and you know i was trying to look cool by leaning back like this and there was nothing i could do to cover up that stain and everywhere i went all it did was just look blaring You know the thing about it? When we go stand next to Jesus, everything that we've done is just going to look like a mess. It's going to look like that we just came from working in the oil fields. It's going to look like we just came from changing oil and it spilled all over us. All of this stuff comes down to the simple thought. At the end of that scripture, it said, take Joshua's clothes off and put him a new garment on. That's what God has called us to do. Trust and rely in him. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says this. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving in the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Out of the message version, that last part right there. It says, don't, be, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflamed and be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expecting. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. When times come up against us, that's where your passion has to come through. You have to be more passionate about God than what's going on on the outside of your life. No matter what happens, the ups that we're on or the absolute lows that we're on, we have to make a choice that I choose today to become more passionate about God than to give more praise to my problems than I do God. When you become confident, your passion grows. The more you become passionate, the more you become confident. Become more passionate about God and watch your boldness and your confidence grow. 
that you may have this giant stain on your shirt, but you're like, hey, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. I'm the guy who's the dirty guy. Because ultimately I serve a God who's washing my clothes and he's getting them ready for me. And I'm going to look good when I'm walking next to him. It's about trusting in God. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. simply comes down to this. When we choose God, He chooses us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.